Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. You are uh, you, uh, settling into um, no football season, and there's nothing really, we're in between kind yeah, of seasons. Don't like it. It's weird, right? I was uh, mentioning to my friend, it's like, these remind me of those days on Saturdays that had nothing to do. Like, there was no football on. Yeah. Or Sundays, right? There's like Saturdays or Sundays, the weekends. There's no football on. Uh, there's the basketball's winding down, right? It is. And then uh, college basketball is also winding yes. down. And um, it's like pretty soon there's not going to be, we're going to be in that lull of no, nothing really major on TV because we're still in spring training for baseball. So they're not really, now they do, but back then they didn't really televise spring training games. And, and I think I'm just still living in that PTSD of that, those weekends where I have nothing, no sports to watch except for maybe equestrian jump, jumping and uh, riding horses on a wide world of sports. Yeah. My, my favorite time is the fall because, you know, not only do I have mm-hmm. awesome boxing and MMA on Saturdays right. yeah. most of the time, yeah. then I got to gear up for football, yeah. you know, on Sunday. And, and it's cool. like yeah. now there's, I don't know what to do on Sundays. I mean, I watch NASCAR and most oh, people, okay, yeah. yeah, so I kind of watch that. Okay. But it and that does, takes up your day. Like it they takes up the whole day. It does, but it doesn't replace the football that I right. really truly enjoy. And like you said, after the championship game for uh, NCAA basketball, mm-hmm. April 2nd, April yeah. 4th, we've got about 20 days of really kind of nothing. Right. I mean, the NBA is winding down. They're going to get into the playoffs. Right. I think uh, baseball kind of kicks up. Yeah, spring training bit. is, yeah. uh, I think, ends at the end of April. I think, I'm not yeah. sure. But, um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's that law that um like I said, I just always remember these days as those wild water sports days where you, there's like a ab- obscure yeah you're right sport on TV and we're like wow they play this in India or something yeah I don't know oh what is this with a stick and a ball <laughs> yeah. and what are, what are we doing right like right. cricket or something like that right. but yeah it's real uh I'm a structured guy so it's like I need to have I need to know what I'm doing on that mm-hmm. Sunday and when you just give me something free will and you know I got to go decide I don't really like that right, for me right right well know? thank goodness that we're into combat sports so Saturdays yeah. are always there's something yeah. us for us on Saturdays now yeah yes. so what okay so what did you do with your free time this Sunday we didn't do much we just stayed inside cuz it was kind of chilly i mean west texas kind of chilly yeah yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, I actually did do something. All right. Uh, I went to the brand new first one open arcade in San Angelo. Oh, look at you. It's called Glitches Arcade. It's in the back of Marshall Pint Bar. Is that why your um, fingers are uh, band-aided and taped up? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, what, what, th- what I thought was going to be for two hours, I ended up five hours there. Five hours? That's a podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Dude, yeah. it was so much fun. Wow, that's awesome. They had so many great games. Yeah. Um, you know, of course they, uh, you know, I was there for the pinball and they had uh Mandalorian pinball, which is amazing. The Mandalorian, it right. was constantly busy. Like I, it was hard for me to get on that Terminator demolition man. Yeah. Uh, tells from the crypt. And then of course, intermixed and all that stuff. They had all the retro ones, you know, uh, Donkey Kong, 
Pac-Man. Wow. They even had NBA Jam. Okay. I started that. Uh, I'm actually uh, Chicago. <laughs> so it's not just pinball. It's That's arcades. Right. Arcades, too. And, oh, okay. Do you remember uh, Pole Position? Yes, yeah. They had yeah. Pole Position there. Something like yep. that, right? Centipede. Centipede. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. How about Galaga, of course? Galaga. Galaga, yep. right? Do you, do you know that shooting game, Buckwild? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. They had that there. Yeah. And it's all free play for twelve bucks. Twelve bucks free play for twelve that's not bad. That's not bad at all, can, right? That's twelve games out sometimes if you if you if it's like a dollar a game. Oh yeah. And here's the other goodness for the adults. There's a bar there. Is it you an can ale get house? a drink? Like a- it's a it's a it's a yeah, ale house, it's a um craft beers. Craft beers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I had a had a really, really good time. Uh, it was a nice way to spend the afternoon. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that was it for the for the week. And of course, Saturday we had the afternoon uh, fights. How do you like the afternoon fights? Because I love it when they're afternoons. Um, you know what? I I, uh, I like them too because you know I can get things done in the evening. Yeah. I want to do something like go watch yeah. a movie or something. You know, the afternoons is really, um, really perfect for me. And I think all, all across the board, it you know. Other podcasts I listen to, they just really enjoy the fact that they get to spend their evenings doing whatever they want to rather than trying to cover a combat sport or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and then, you know, for us, we had the uh, UFC in the afternoon, and mm-hmm. then we had a big boxing match that night that we could watch. Oh, man, yeah, that big boxing match exactly. is um, just uh, – let's just go and jump into that okay. big boxing yes. match. Yeah, so we just – we had um, uh, Sudro Ramirez and Gay Rosado coming into the fights. Um Man, what'd you think about this fight? I was wanting to see how R- Ramirez was going to bounce back from that uh, that loss he had in the last time. Yeah, definitely. He lost to uh, Dimitri Bevel. Yep. Um, and um, he didn't really fare too well b- bouncing back, did he? He didn't even show up. He didn't. Eight pounds overweight. No, 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 sir. 18, 18 pounds. Pa- I misread that. A- 18, 18 pounds. pounds. No, you're right. He he did come in 18 pounds overweight. They gave him a few hours to lose some weight. But 18 pounds in a few hours, is that's almost unhealthy, wouldn't it be? Yeah. So what do you think happened? I mean, I can't make an excuse for him. Some some people say he was hurt and that maybe that's why he couldn't make weight. Well, I mean, I, that would make... That would make a lot of sense. I mean, he does say that he is embarrassed about his actions and he promises that it will never happen again. He'll make the right adjustments um, and be back soon. But, I mean, gosh, that's just, that's un- he should have done this a long time ago. And the, said, the, this I'm is, not going to do it. This how goes, much money do you think is spent on everything? Everything. Everything. This is what really upsets me about it is, mm-hmm. is that it's disrespectful to his opponent. And, why aren't you honest with everybody saying, look, I'm injured or I can't make weight or I'm mentally not there? I already said, is he mentally ready for the next fight after a loss? I don't think he is. I don't think so either. I mean, I proved it right there. I mean, don't you even like maybe a week after out, you're like, OK, let's see how much weight I need to lose. Yes. Maybe two weeks out. Yes. Right. I mean, if you know you're heavy, you know, you don't you're not a heavyweight fighter. Here's the thing. It's not like he's ten and one. He's no, forty four fights. Yeah. So he's cut weight forty four times. What happened this time? I don't I I'm telling you, I will go on record saying his head is not right. He needs to get his head right before his next fight so that he can make weight and hopefully have a success in the next one. 
Well, hopefully, I mean, but I mean, after this, how many how many promoters would want to give that chance? Uh, you know, maybe because I think this is probably going to be on ESPN or it's going to it was going to be on the DAZN. Yes. You know, I'm pretty sure DAZN will kind of find him some money. I mean, because this is not free. Putting all these, you know, making all those posters and everything else, it's not free. Someone's got to, in my opinion, right? I mean, maybe there's some sort of insurance or you just eat it as you if you're a promoter. But this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I can, bought tickets to go see Ramirez, and now he's not going to fight because right. of not because he's ill, right? Not because he's injured, because he decided that I don't want to show up at my expected weight. I am not happy as a fan, right? I mean, and this is, I mean, it happened um, uh, the day before the fight, and so what? Do not not everybody waits the day before to buy tickets? That's right, right? That's right. So I mean, I'm pretty sure they give a refund for everything, but still. You know, there's some things you just can't refund. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, th- th- it's happened. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, do you think they reschedule this fight? Do you think Gabriel Rosado, I mean, did we hear from Gabe Rosado? Uh, he wasn't happy at all. I mean, he he was like, I'm not going to fight. You know, he he did have an option. He could have continued and fought him. But he's like, no, that's not that's not fair. Not a 20-pound disadvantage. And it's kind of um, uh, unfortunate for Rosado because he's not getting any younger. He's 37 years yes, old. That's right. right? And um, he's coming off of three fight losing streak, um, hoping to, you know, rekindle his career. Yep. Um, but I mean, waiting another maybe three, six months, you know, that's kind of for your career at this age. I don't think it's really uh, a good move. Right. I mean, because you're just getting older. That's right. And then, you know, susceptible to more injuries later on. Well, I thought about this and I wanted to ask you this question. It seems like. Lately, we've gotten a lot of disappointments in boxing for various reasons, whether the fight was canceled or the contract fell through or whatnot. So here is my question to you. Are there a couple names off the top of your head in boxing that you feel like, you know what, when it comes to this fighter, they always seem to show up. They always seem to sign the contract, whatever. They just enjoy fighting because I have a couple names. Oh, I mean, off the top of my head is Canelo Alvarez. I mean, he just enjoys fighting. And yeah. He sets it up, and he, he knows how important this is to the people. Yes. Right? And that's what the reason why he only fights on Independence Days or, or uh, Independence Celebration Days. And like, he's never missed the fight, right? Never missed the weight. You yeah. know, m- missed the fight. Maybe he's had injuries. Yeah. He's had to postpone it, but he posted like three months yeah. before. Right? What about Usyk? Does, it always feels like he's ready to show up. I don't care what you're putting in yeah. your contract. I'm yeah. ready to go, right? right? Right, So I got respect for him. Another name comes up. Anyway, you oh, ever yeah. see that guy ever skirt well, anything? First, or? I never see him because he's in Japan. I, you know, I they get can never see his fights. Yeah. <laughs> but we never go, oh, in a way's fight is canceled or he can't come up with the contract to make a fight. I think for the most part, I, most boxers are very um, dedicated to their craft most boxers right and they're, they're going to come up and show respect to the game to 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 the history the, the nostalgia of boxing um but man this is just very disappointing yeah for 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 boxing in general yeah well i mean that well that sets up for this week right i mean we do we have and i don't know if you've seen the lineup for all this weekend, as far as boxing matches, it's quite a few, right? There's there's several boxing yeah. matches that we could have previewed, but we did narrow it down to two boxing matches. First up, we do have a super middleweight 
clash between David Benavides and Caleb Plant. This is live this Saturday from MGM Grand, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. This is at 168 pounds. Sal Canelo Alvarez is our current champion. Now, this is for the WBC final eliminator. Caleb Sweet Hands Plant is 30 years 30 years old, 22 and one with 12 KOs. He is currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in October of last year, and he debuted in 2014. Now, David Red Flag Benedivis is 26 years old, 26 and 0, with 23 KOs. He is currently ranked fourth in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO May of last year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Benedivis is a minus 350, and Plant is a plus 225. David Benavides is from Phoenix, Arizona. He stands at 6'1 with a 77-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has an 88% knockout rate with notable wins against David Lemieux and Caron Davis. He has no losses. Caleb Plant is from Nashville, Tennessee. He stands at 6'1 with a 74-inch reach, 74-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 59% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Anthony Durrell. And Caleb Truex. Notable losses come against Canelo Alvarez. Um, have you seen both of these fighters? I did. In fact, Plant looked amazing in his last fight. Oh man, that was a devastating knockout against Anthony Durrell. Um, Caleb Plant. Um, did you see him against uh, Canelo Alvarez? I did. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a good fight too. I he thought showed, he held his own. He held his own yeah. until the end. I mean, Canelo. I think Canelo really took out his arm. Yeah. Uh, really busted up his arm. He did. Um, how about David Benavides? He looks fantastic every time he goes out. I mean, there's a reason why he's 26 and out. Yeah, definitely. So we have who, 23 KOs. There's only been three that mm-hmm. he hasn't KO'd. Who do you think um, comes out on top of this big uh, super middleweight clash? Well, I'm going to go with the one that has been more active, at least as of late. I'm actually going with the underdog plant by decision. Oh, wow. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with David Benavides with the decision win. Um, I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think the winner of this fight goes on to fight Canelo Alvarez. In the fall? Maybe you think so. so? Yeah, because Canelo's coming up in spring. With Ryder. Yeah. And then so hope, maybe in the fall. I mean, yeah. especially if it's David Benavides, because David Benavides has been calling him out for the last year or so and uh, really wanting to um, get a match with him. Well, I'll be excited to see how Benavides fares in this one because – even though uh, Alvarez probably had his worst year last year, uh, he's still a formidable opponent. So we'll see what uh, Ben and Davis puts up. Also on Saturday, um, this one's actually going to be in, across the pond in the United Kingdom. We have Lawrence Acoli versus David Light live from the AO Arena in Manchester, England. This is at the cruiserweight division, 200 pounds. Jal Opataya, Rahad Mayuri. And Igunua Makadu are some of our other champions. Now, Lawrence the Sauce Oakley is 30 years old, 18 and 0, with 14 KOs. His last fight was a win by decision, February of last year, and he debuted in 2017. Now, David the Great White Light is 31 years old, 20 and 0, with 12 KOs. He he is currently ranked 11th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision December of last year, and he debuted in 2017. Now, Oakley is a minus 825, and Light is a plus 425. 
Lawrence Okoli is from the United Kingdom. He stands at 6'5 with an 82 inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He has now a 77% knockout rate with notable wins against Michael Cieslak, Dillian Parsovic, and he has no losses. David Light is from New Zealand. He stands at 6'1 with an 80 inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 60% knockout rate with notable wins against Brandon Glanton and Anthony Martinez. The fight of undefeateds. Yeah, undefeated Kool-Aid. Which one um, do you think is going to come up on top and keep keep their O and whose O's got to go? Well, I think the Sauce Oakley is definitely going to take care of business and keep his championship. I like him by KO in the six. All right, well, you read my notes because I also have Oakley with a TKO in the sixth round. What are some of the other uh, fights we got going on this weekend? Because I know we got a few more. Oh, yeah. No, there was, there's a lot of big fights that we could have covered. Um, one big name, Jose Carlos Ramirez versus Richard Comey. That's going to be live on ESPN this Saturday. Uh, Ramirez comes in 27-1. His last loss was against Josh Taylor for all the belts. Uh, I think it was about a year ago. Um, he's getting back on track. And Richard Comey is... Um, He's 30 and 4, but um, he's had a lot of big fights against some big names such as um, Teofimo Lopez. Okay. And um, so he's about that, he's that caliber. Um, also, that night on ESPN, we're going to have the return of Sinisa Estrada. She's 23 and 0. She's fighting Tina Rupershe. And this is for two belts the WBC Female World Championship and the WBA Female World Championship in the minimal weight division. So, um, we have a championship bout for that one. And like I said, Jose Carlos Ramirez is coming back trying to get back on track to win his belts back from Josh Taylor. Yeah, that, that's that's some good boxing on Saturday for sure. All right, well, that wraps up our preview of this weekend's biggest fights. Um, now on to our boxing news and notes. Joshua Batiste signs with Boxer and takes aim at the DAZN platform. Unbeaten British lightweight light heavyweight contender Joshua Batiste, 16-0, has agreed to join the Boxer and Sky Sports stable this week on a multi-fight deal. This signals the start of a new chapter for Bautiz, who has struggled to move up to the next rung at a 175-pound ladder, despite an impressive start in his professional career. He says, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to have to tell you to download an app, to type in your email. My last fight, I asked myself, how many watch it? I don't think a lot of people saw it. For the blood and sweat I shed, it, it, it is important to me that people have access to watch it. So my question to you is, do you think that DAZN, because of how their platform is consumed via an app and monthly charge, may find that their fighters see lower viewership than other platforms? I'm pretty sure it's it's already impacting that because... I mean, how many, how many, I think you're a DAZN member, right? I am. Right? I just don't see anybody else. I don't know very many other people that have DAZN. Yeah. And so I think that's one of those things that people are going to have to start questioning. Okay, is this the right way to present boxing? I think it, it was a genius at first if all you were going to do is boxing and have boxing all the time. Right. But it's, but then again, you know, not everybody wants boxing. There's other things that you, they want to see on the, the app. So I don't know. I don't know if this is the right way to go about as far as, you know, the having the zone app and being a boxer. I mean, I would if my money comes from viewership, I, I wouldn't bet it on the uh, the zone app right now. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with him jumping ship at all. Right. I mean, uh, like you said, I, I don't know many of my friends that even have DizZone app. Well, the, the thing is, the thing is, um, how many people do you think know who Boutsy is, right? They don't. And and he's probably, to us, we know him, right? We right. know him as one of the bigger up-and-coming heavyweights in the division, but nobody else knows, yeah. really. I mean... It's just one of those things because there's no, there's not a spotlight. There's no, um, there's no advertising of the box. How does the zone fix this issue? Because we know it's an issue. Me and you both know this is an issue because you don't even have it. Right. And you think, should have it. I think it should just be free. I think it should and be free too. And if you use advertising to, um, yeah. to, I mean, I think maybe the big boxing matches like the pay per views or yeah. whatever. Okay, I understand that. But all these other. Up and comers. I mean, it's just like a like a ESPN Plus has top ranked boxing. Yes, and we have uh, we get Lomachenko fights on there all the time. We get yep. uh, we get the uh, Teofimo Lopez is yep. on there. We got the big fights. Sometimes Javante Davis, Shakur Stevenson is on those fights. I mean, we get the who's who of boxing on that app for fr- well, it's not technically it, for it free. It may not be for free, but, but it's we cheap. get it, but. It's pretty much the same price as the Zone app, but guess what? On ESPN Plus, I also get UFC preliminaries and fight right. nights, right. and I get uh, replays and replays and a ton of stuff. Live on sports, yes, yes. Basketball yeah. can be on there. Hockey is on there. So, do you think the Zone is going to be around in five years? I don't think so. I, I, I'm I surprised I it's been. You. I'm surprised yeah. it's been this long. I think it's, yeah. it's probably been on for four years. I think already. Yeah. Yeah, looks like Jamel Charlo offers a positive injury update. It looks like the fight with Tizu should be scheduled by the end of the summer. Jamel Charlo, Charlo still hasn't been able to hit a heavy bag, but is confident his injured hand will once once recover will be as sturdy as ever. He commented, I ju- "I'm just doing everything I can to to rehab. I haven't been able to train. I haven't touched a bag yet. I haven't punched a bag yet." Um, when you break two bones in the hand, it takes a lot to recover. The hand is delicate. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, of course. I mean, the hand is your bunny maker, right? I mean, you, you, you're a boxer. You have to take that serious, right? right? Um, but, I mean, you know, Charlo and Tizu, uh, hopefully that fight gets scheduled in the summertime so we can have a big summertime clash between these two. And if I'm Tizu, I want to fight him at his best because I don't want any excuses coming out of his mouth when I beat him. Right. You know? I mean, that you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yep. So Adrian Broner signs with Don King. Adrian Broner parted ways with BLK Prime after three separate opponents fell through for his debut. Weeks after leaving BLK Prime without ever fighting under its banner, Adrian Broner has joined forces with Don King. Broner, 34-4 and with 24 KOs, hasn't fought since controversially edging out Jovante Santiago in February of 2021. Some argue that King spends more time sabotaging his own fighters than giving giving them opportunities nowadays. Not even genuine contenders are safe, as seen in his attempt to keep Ugana Makabu from fighting Michelle Shizlik for the WBC cruiserweight title and subsequently announcing a title defense against Noel McAleen. That's just flat out doesn't exist. Some say just imagine what he and Broner 
cannot accomplish together. So what you do you cannot th- accomplish? Yes. So what do you think about a fighter signing with the infamous Don King? Are you as surprised as I am that Don King is still making moves in boxing? I'm not only surprised at that. I'm even more surprised that a fighter ignored the the terrible destruction of Mike Tyson because of Don, Don King. King's yeah. thieving from him. Right. I'm I'm surprised he's had other boxers under him. How you know, is that, that even possible? Right. Like you don't have the internet, you can't see where Mike Tyson sued him for a hundred million dollars right. because Don King took all his money. We know what this. We know. The story, I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. But part of me is not surprised that Adrian Bronner did do that. Why? Because, I mean, Bronner's been one of those guys. He marches to his own beat. He was with uh, TMT, the money team, Mayweather's promotion at one time. Yeah. And then he did go into that BLK uh, app, and he never fought, obviously. And But now he's with um, Don King. I mean, but then again... We're talking about Adrian Broner. You know, he's not really the spring chicken. He's not really the 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 next in line for a title. But but even if you're not next in line in title, you're going to sign with the devil. I mean, let, let's just be honest. Hey, sometimes this, you got to sell your soul to the devil to to, to well, get. Well, he did. Yeah, to get right? up on top. Yeah. And and back to what you originally said. I can't believe Don King's still right. running promotions at this point in the, right. in, in in his career. Well, according to BoxingScene.com, one of the most interesting fights on the boxing calendar has been postponed. Um, they have confirmed that Japanese superstar Inoue, Anoya Inoue, has suffered an undisclosed injury during the training camp and that has forced the three-division champion to withdraw from the 122-pound title fight against Stephen Fulton. Inoue, who became boxing's fully unified bantamweight champion three months ago moved up in the junior weight featherweight division to challenge Fulton for his WBC and WBO 122 pound crown uh, this coming May 7th at in Japan um, man I'm, I'm heartbroken aren't you no I did not see this yeah I am so devastated it like is. I was so looking forward to seeing this and I and I believe Anyway, wasn't going to be fighting overseas, so we'd be able to actually see him, right? No, it's going to be in Japan. Oh, is it going to be in Japan? Yeah, so we would have to see him early in the morning. Okay. <laughs> well, now we're not going to see him at all. Not at all. Well, well I mean, uh, Stephen Fulton has con- confirmed that it will be rescheduled. Okay, good. For hopefully later in the summer. Good. De La Hoya expects Ryan Garcia to make it look easy against Gervonta Davis. My guy, Ryan Garcia, will not only shock the world, he'll make it look easy and begin his legacy, said a fired-up De La Hoya on social media. Let's go. So is it going to be easy work for Ryan Garcia? I know you're a fan. I am a fan. Um, I'm I'm really divided. I don't know who what, what route I want to go as far as who I'm choosing to win this fight. Did you hear that 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 um that match or whatever that match was sold out in five minutes? Sold out in five minutes. Shocking, but not surprising, right? Yeah, yeah. that's gonna. This is a, gonna be one of the best fights of the year, in my opinion. Um. Yeah. So, uh, but but who do you think's winning right now? At this, no point? doubt, Javante Tank Davis. All right. He hasn't proved me wrong yet. <laughs> um. All right. Do you have any other boxing news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up our boxing segment for this week. Now on to our MMA segment. 
a re- or we are recapping UFC 286 Edwards versus Usman 3. Um, this one was in London, England from the O2 Arena. Kicking off our recap, we have Marvin Vittori versus Roman Dolizzi. Two middleweight fighters looking for a win and one step closer to a f- title fight next. We were both, ex- we're, well, I was expecting Marvin Vittori to kind of explode within himself and, you know, not really show up. But I think Dolizzi was the one that didn't come prepared for uh, Vittori. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, both men came out firing. I thought Vittori was util- utilizing a, ver- a variety of uh, leg kicks. And Dolizzi's was relying on a, on his quick counter hooks to slow Vittori's advances down. I mean, to me, when I was looking at this fight, it's it seemed like either round could go either way, but Vittori would always close out that round with a good finish. Right, you know? right. I mean, and, and that's that's probably the most important thing. The last like couple of minutes, maybe maybe even the last minute. If you're actually dominating the last minute, I think a judge will sing, swing it your way. You know, in most most cases. And and this for me, this was goes back to what I always say that when a judge is flipping a coin of who he's going to give it to. More often not, he takes a, main, a named opponent, and Vittori's name is a little bit bigger than Dol, Dolizzi. In the end, we do have a, a decision, a unanimous decision win for Marvin Vittori, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. Um, what do you think's next for Marvin Vittori? 19-6-1, 9-4-1, USC. A good, solid performance uh, against a very surging fighter in this division. Uh, I believe one more fight uh, for a win uh, before entertaining another title shot. I like a Jared Cannonier right below him. I think that would be a great fight. Well, I didn't even see Jared Cannonier there, but I like that fight too. Um, man, that would be really good. Um, I just, for me, Mar- Marvin Vittori has been there, done that, and he hasn't gone over that, that hump, right? Okay. He's fought Whitaker for championship. Yes, that's He's right. fought uh, Adesanya for a championship. That's right. Um, he, then he's fought Costa, you know, to just uh, and as a big they're fight. All above him right now, right now. So um, he can't fight the, anybody above him really, unless it's a title fight. So he's got to go below. Now, what I'm thinking here is maybe someone that's up and coming who also fought. I think he fought within the last week or two. Uh, Drucus Duplessis. Here's the problem with you doing that. I, I'm fine with that fight, but you already gave him another up-and-comer, and he won that fight. So you're, we've already stopped one guy in his path, and we're going to stop another up-and-comer possibly in their path? I mean, I think and that's you, what it takes. If, if he's yeah. actually a real up-and-comer, then yeah. he'll get over Vittori. How, okay, I got one more name here. Okay. How about Sean Strickland? I like Sean Strickland, too. I actually, if we moved into Dolezy, I actually have him fighting Sean Strickland next. I think uh, it was a tough loss for him, and I think he gets back right back in the octagon. And, look, Strickland's always up for any fight, so we could put right. him anywhere, right? Right. Um, okay, so you you mentioned Dolezy, um, who you, is 12-2 and two now, ranked 10th. Yeah. Um, you did mention Sean Strickland for him. How about, for me, I, I put maybe someone else that's upper-comer. Okay. Uh Brandon Allen. I like that fight. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's a lot of formidable opponents in this division. I right. mean, it, it, it's kind of kind of a log jam at the top, kind of. At the top it is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event of the evening, Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Faziv in a lightweight division clash. 
Two fearsome strikers took the stage in a co-main event in this lightweight division. Uh, man, I, I think for most of the part, for most part, I think sometimes I was riding off Justin Gaethje, um, you know, because his age, he's thirty-four, you know, been there, done that, fought everyone in this division. I was kind of riding him off. Oh, you were? Yeah. I wasn't riding him off at all, but I can tell you when you say he's 34 years old, you could see the speed difference yeah. because Fasi was really a lot faster and just giving Gagey some issues. But, I mean, you know, if we really look at the fight, Justin Gagey just got the best of Rafael Fazi every single round. He did. Even busted him up, him up several times. I think both eyes were on the verge of shutting for Fazi. Fazi looked faster, right? He, he landed some really good shots. Justin Gagey has not lost his chin at all. No, he hasn't lost his chin. I think that every round, Gagey would end on a high note, mm -hmm. which would help him in the judges. And I think what kind of stamped his win for this this fight was he had tried several takedowns and got stuffed, and then in the last round, he got his first exactly, takedown. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the, the judges then gave him you know, that win. Yeah. That, yeah, because, and you know what? Maybe that was, that was a turning point because we had a 29-28, 29-28, and then 28-28 decision. Uh, a majority decision win for uh, Justin Gaethje. So could have been a draw. Could have been a draw. I, I just think that when you look at their records and, and Gaethje has twice as many fights, I think the experience helped for, uh, Gaethje beat Fazeev. But I'm going to tell you, Fazeev will be back. Oh, yeah. Because once he gains that experience and learns from this, he, he's going to be a force. Yeah, I don't think with. he loses any kind of steam no. momentum in this division. Uh, Justin Gaethje just, just becomes the standard bearer, right? The the guy that you have to beat to to move on to the top because you know he's had his opportunities to yes. win uh, a championship belt yep. um, against uh, Nurmagomedov, against Oliveira, and but and he's had those huge fights yes. right in in uh, his career. Um, what do you think's next for Justin Gaethje? He he named two he named two guys after it. He wants to fight Charles Oliveira or Benil Darius. That's who he wants next. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if he can win those. You know, I just don't see. I don't see him fighting because are we looking for him to try to move another go up and. Uh, against a title to win a title again? I mean, is that what he wants to do? He's thirty four years old. I I. He didn't say he's looking for another title shot. I think he's just looking to avenge some of the losses he thought he could win. But I'm right there in agreement with you, Daniel. I don't think he can beat either of those. No, I think right now we're just looking for fun fights for him. Yes. And so my suggestion is how about a rematch with Dustin Poirier? Okay. All right, because I think both of them are almost probably the same neck and neck. Yep. You know, towards the end of their careers. Yep. Right? Got a lot of tread on those tires. Or how about another fun fight, Dan Hooker? You looked at my notes yeah. because uh, Dan Hooker's name's on my piece of paper, but I actually got Dan Hooker going against Faziz. I also have him hit that for the, for Faziz also. Yeah. I mean, I guess Dan Hooker can go either way. Yeah. Because Dan Hooker's ranked 10th, I think he's in division. Yes. And, um, you know, looking to try to get back on track to fight winning streak right yep. now, I believe. And uh, I think a win be, be against either one of these propels him into maybe almost near the title contention. Absolutely. All right, next up we have the main event of the evening, Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman for the welterweight championship of the world. 
a rematch for the Walter Waite title fight to prove that the new champ did not win by a fluke head kick. And that's pretty much what he did, right? I mean, Leon Edwards came in there and fought, and he showed that he had better skills this time, prepared for Kamaru Usman for the attempted takedowns. Um, he prepared for everything that Kamaru could, could throw at him and showed that he was this time he was the one in control of most of this this match. That's exactly right. Leon, the champ Edwards, looked patient. He yes. looked like a champ. He, he looked focused. Not that Usman didn't look focused. I mean, Usman looked just as focused as Edwards. But he he handled uh, his business like a champion. And and it was interesting because you could see that he was he was uh, throwing a lot of low and mid-range kicks, kicks settings, setting up for yeah. that head kick. And he... And Usman was prepared for that too, right? He he had his hand up every time the head kick came. Um, nearly got him a couple of times. Uh, what do you think about Leon Edwards and those multiple fouls that he committed? I I was uh, not happy right. with what was what was happening because he had multiple different fouls. It wasn't like the same foul. Right. And early on, I was like, is is he? Uh, losing this fight, and so he's he's kind of cheating. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. And I don't know if he didn't seem nervous. I don't just don't know if he was just trying to use the champion advantage, and right. I will do whatever I can need to do to to stay in this match and and keep my my belt. I mean, right. what do you think? I mean, it was disappointing. I'm glad Herb Dean did did take a, a point away for that fence grab because it was a blatant fence grab. Um, I'm surprised they didn't give the position back to Usman. Um, but, I mean, you know, that one point really put this whole his whole match in jeopardy. I mean, if we look at the decision, um, and he won by majority decision, but it was 48-46, 48-46, 47-47. I mean, I think one judge, This it's crazy how one judge had it a, a draw. Yeah, that, that didn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. at all. You know, here here's the thing that I, that I came out of this fight. Edwards... Proved me wrong. Right. Yeah. He proved, proved me everyone wrong, wrong. That the head kick was not a fluke and that he's better than Kamara Usman. He proved me wrong. Right. However, he proved me right because for years I have been saying Edwards deserves a chance of the gold. I believe right. he can be a champion. And guess what? He made the most of it and he is our Walter Waite champion. Well, let's put it this way. Okay. Look at the, the records. Leon Edwards is 21 and 3 overall. Usman, who we all consider as one of the greatest welterweights yes. ever, he's twenty and three. Yes, that's crazy. It's kind of like okay. Well, you would figure that Edwards is. You would think is like you know, you know, right there with him, right? Edwards has been long overdue for a long championship overdue. fight for eight years. Yeah, and he finally got his. Sh- chance to show how good he is and and I am more than happy that he is our champion at welterweight. Not that I don't love Kamaru Usman. I think he's one of the greatest welterweights to ever get in that octagon. But the in this last year, Edwards is the better fighter right now. Before we go into what's next for Edwards, what do you think's next for Kamaru Usman? Well, here's the thing. Um... He has said in the last three or four months that he uh, does not miss the expectations. 
of being the champion. He doesn't miss the appearances. He doesn't miss all the attention he get, yeah. the interviews. He said he enjoys being the hunter instead of the hunted. Right. And I think mentally he's checked out right now. I think that he's ready for a break, and then I think maybe we'll see where he goes from there. But I don't think he's interested, nor am I interested, of seeing him in the octagon the next year. Well, I think, I think that it would take a, probably about – Eight to twelve months to see what happens in this division because this division, this division is a mess. Yes, right now with um, there's a big fight coming up next next in a couple of weeks uh, with uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Shock Shock Rachmanov, and I mean I'm thinking maybe the winner of that one will fight Usman. But I think that's also still probably be too soon for yes. Usman to come yes. back. So, um, yeah, I think set out probably about eight months to a year yeah. and uh, see where this division is at right now. Well, we all know where, you know, Dana White just saying his praises for Leon Edwards, right? A- after the fight. Yeah. I mean, he loves Edwards, but uh, he's already said who's going to be next for Edwards. And he said every time he goes, I don't, I don't make fights that night, but he's yeah. been doing it. Yeah. So I don't know what's gotten into him, but. He decided on a name, didn't he? He sure did, and I don't know if it's a popular name across the board for uh, everyone, especially the fighters, right? Yes. Kobe Covington is coming out of the bushes. We even weighed in as a backup. Here's the thing that is, for me, so baffling, confusing, and like you said, is a mess in this division. What happened to Bilali Muhammad? Why right. is he not next? Right. How did Covington ju- jump over him? Wait a minute. How did he jump over Shamayev? Yeah. How did exactly. he jump over that guy? Exactly. I mean, we even have Gilbert Burns fighting Jorge Masvidal in a couple weeks. That's right. All right. Maybe that winner maybe could. Uh, if it, there's a really big showing, if there's a huge knockout, I mean, that could set that up. Um, and like you said, Bilal Muhammad, he should have been next in line, right? But instead, he wins Rachmanov, right? Which is going to be a tough night who's out. Who's the train? Who's that train that we both said is yes. coming in the distance? That's right. Right? I mean, um, I Here, feel sorry for Bala Muhammad right here's now. Here's the thing. When we have a new champ, the right. division gets a reset. All right? Yeah. We don't have a champ that ran through everybody like Usman. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's gone. We now have Edwards. So we get a reset. I don't understand how Co- Covington mm-hmm. somehow jumped to the head of the line with a new champ when we clearly know who should be in this line and who should be up front. In my opinion, I think it should be Muhammad first. I think it should be Shemayev second. I think it should be Burns third. And if Rachmanov, that freaking train that is just steaming down the tracks, beats Muhammad, I'm okay with him jumping everybody and fighting Edwards. But clearly, it should not be Covington. Clearly. I think think 90% of the uh, MMA uh, community is saying it shouldn't be Covington. But we all know why it is, because Covington brings the money to the pay-per-view because he's going to talk crap. But Okay, but wouldn't you think a Shamayev? He doesn't talk crap, oh, does he? He does talk, yeah. As yeah. much as Covington, though? Yeah, but I mean, I would rather see Covington and Shamayev fight so for the championship, so would I. for a right to fight Leon Edwards. I hope Leon Edwards has a say in this, and I hope he decides, you know what, okay, I'm not going to fight that. But we all know what happens when you tell the boss, I'm not going to fight that. Here's the thing. Edwards is not Usman. 
Edwards right. has one title fight under his belt. He right. hasn't earned the respect yet, so he's unfortunately going to have to get in line and say yes or no, sir, who's and, next. And you just said the craziest thing. I think this is like nine fights, five, win, nine fight winning streak for uh, for uh, Leon Edwards. 11, this will now be 12 fights. 12 fights, fights yeah. and he still hasn't had that respect or doesn't have yeah. that respect. Yeah. So, like we said, this whole division is a mess. It is. Yeah. So, um, so who do you think was a fight of the night? Well, I think the Usman uh, Edwards fight was one of the fights of the night, but it could be Faziz versus Gagey. Yeah, you're right. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Faziz. Yeah. Um, Gaethje, now, I think this makes him like, uh, I think he, this is his seventh fight of the night. Wow. That's, wow. has to be a record, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so he won fight of the night. Any performances? And, yeah, but there's two performances of the night. Main and, card? Uh, one on the main card. Gunner, Gunner Nelson? You're absolutely right. On the scale of 1 to 10, where did you put UFC 286? Solid 8-5. Solid 8-5? I mm, think so. I think an 8. You think I, so? I think a solid 8. But we've been, we've been really spoiled, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, the last uh, several UFCs. Um, but yeah, solid eight. I mean, the co-main event and the main event was solid performances, mm-hmm. right? I mean, e- e- epic fights. I thought uh, the the Maya fight that was on the main card. I thought fight. that was that woman's mm-hmm. fight was a good fight. Jack Shore opening up. Yeah. The the card was amazing. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good eight five. And but you know, here's the thing: we're like you said, the first two pay per views in this uh, year have been just amazing incredible so our ufc train or boat now comes back to the united states and actually comes back to texas yes this week uh where we're, we're now previewing ufc on espn vera versus san hagen live from the at&t center in san antonio texas kicking off our preview we have a women's flyweight division clash andrea lee versus macy barber this is at 125 pounds, and Alexa Grosso is our current champion. Now, Macy, the future barber, is 24 years old, 11-2 and two, with five KOs, two submissions, and four decisions. She is currently ranked 12th in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision July of last year, and she's on a three-fight win streak. Now, Andrea KGB Lee is 34 years old, 13-6 and six with three KOs, five submissions, and five decisions. She is currently ranked 18th in this division. Her last fight was a loss by decision May of last year, and she is 2-2 two and two in her last four fights. Now, Barber is a minus 200, and Lee is a plus 170. Andrea Lee is from Atlanta, Texas. She stands at 5'7 with a 69.5-inch reach. She represents Gladi- Gladiators Academy. Notable wins come against Cynthia Calvillo, Ant- Antonia, Antonia Shashenko, Mont- and Montana De La Rosa. Notable losses come against Viviana Araju, Roxanne Mondaferi, and Lauren Murphy. Macy Barber is from Greeley, Colorado. She stands at 5'5", with a 65-inch reach, representing Team Alpha Male. Notable wins come against Jessica I, Montana De La Rosa, and Miranda Maverick. Notable losses come against Alexa Grasso and Roxanne Mondaferi. Well, I'm a Macy Barber fan. Uh, I like the three-fight win streak, so I'm going to take her by decision. 
No, I'm also taking her by decision. Macy Barber was one of those um, uh, names that were was popping up everywhere about the next the next person in, um, coming up in this division. She ran into the future champ Alex Alexa Grasso. Yep. And now you know we're just back on the track to try to get back to the top. Yep. Next up on the next up on the preview, we have the co-main event of the evening: Holly Holm versus Yana Santos in a bantamweight division clash. This is at 135 pounds. Amanda Nunes is our current champion. Now, Holly, the preacher's daughter, Holm is 41 years old, 14 and six with eight KOs, zero submissions, and six decisions. She is currently ranked fifth in this division. Her last fight was a loss by decision May of last year, and she is two and two in her last four fights. Now, Yana. Foxy Santos is 33 years old, 14 and 6, with 7 KOs, 1 submission, and 6 decisions. Her last fight was a loss by KO in the first round, July of 2021. And she is 2 and 2 in her last four fights. Home is a minus 225, and Santos is a plus 185. Holly Home is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. She stands at 5'8 with a 70 inch reach. She represents Jackson Wink MMA. Notable wins come against Irina Aldana, Raquel Pennington, and Megan Anderson. Notable losses come against Caitlin Vetta, Amanda Nunez, and Chris Cyborg. Yana Santos is from Russia. She stands at 5'8 with a 68 and a half inch reach. She represents also Jackson Wink MMA. Notable wins come against Caitlin Vieta, Marlon Renault, and Lena Landsberg. Notable losses come against Irena Aldana, Aspen Ladd, and Chris Cyborg. Well, obviously, Home is a more active fighter. Santos has not fought since 2021. Uh, give me Home by KO in the second round. Uh, do you know why she hasn't fought since that? I ha- is this a car wreck? No, no. I don't think what so. happened? No, but she she had a she had a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm also gonna go with Holly Holm by decision. You know, Yana Santos was actually Yana Kutsnakaya. And she married Oh uh okay. Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Marlon Vera versus Corey Sanhagen in a bantamweight division clash. This is at 135 pounds. Aljamain Sterling is our current champion. Marlon Chito Vera is 30 years old, 20-7 and seven with eight KOs, eight submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the 4th, August of last year, and he is on a four-fight win streak. Now, Corey Sandman. Sanhagen is 30 years old, 15 and 4 with 7 KOs, 3 submissions and 5 decisions. He is currently ranked 6th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the 4th round, September of last year, and he is 2 and 2 in his last 4 fights. Sanhagen is a minus 160 and Vera is a plus 135. Marlon Vera is from Ecuador. He stands at 5'8 with a 70 and a half inch reach. He represents RVCA MMA. Notable wins come against Dominic Cruz, Rob Font, and Frankie Edgar. Notable losses come against Jose Aldo, Song Yadong, and Douglas Silva. Corey, San- Corey Sanhagen is from Aurora, Colorado. He stands at 5'11 with a 69.5-inch reach. He now represents Elevation Fight Team. Notable wins come against Song Yadong, Frankie Edgar, and Marlon Morais. Notable losses come against Peter Yan, TJ Dillashaw, and Al Jermaine Sterling. You know what the problem with this fight is? Um, nope. 
whoever wins this fight is just going to make this division more confusing. Yeah. Because here's the thing. this The winner of this fight should be next in line. Should be. Marlon Vera is on a tear. But the problem is we already have a line in this division because Henry Cejudo decided to come back. Because the person that should be up next right now is Murab. Yeah, and he does not going to fight and, age, um, right. Sterling. And the person that should be next after Murab, Sean O'Malley. I mean, technically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking no particular order. And here's the other problem. What if there's a rematch clause for Sterling and, and Cejudo? We are yeah. basically saying, let's just say, hypothetically, you know, Cheetah wins. Right. He'll be waiting over a year to get his title chance. Yeah. What, what do you want him to do then? When he alternate titles like you know spring division springtime champion something <laughs> something like that it, it sounds crazy but it's really not because i've literally named off five people that sh- really should have a next title fight right, right. and because i mean, I mean I, all respect to henry cejudo yeah he kind of really messed up this division for a bit yeah Exactly. You I know? mean, and and I'm all about active fighters. What we're gonna we're gonna have Sean O'Malley wait for eight months, or fight someone else and then not and then and lose then his lose. line. Yeah. See. So so what do you? I mean, that's why that's why Bellator kind of has a, a good model on some of these uh, uh, Grand Prix. Remember? They have one coming up this yeah. year, don't and they? So that's that's like perfect, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. like you know fair. To everyone, right? Everyone has a chance to win the title, and I think that's, that's right. fair. Yeah, I mean, back to this this fight. I'm excited for the fight or whatever. I just, unfortunately, no matter who win, I'm just going to be really sad that they're not going to be able to progress in this division at this point. Right. But with all that being said, even though Sanhagen is the favorite, I'm still going with Vera. Oh, I am also by going by with Vera. I'm also going with Vera by decision. Um, yeah, he's on the Terry. I mean, I think. Uh, He's had uh, great matches against Frankie Edgar, Edgar, Rob Font, Dominic Cruz. There's a he's got wins against Sean O'Malley. I mean, he's just um, on the rise, and hopefully, maybe about a year or two, I guess he'll have a chance to win a championship. I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. Mean, or you know, couldn't this also be grounds to say, you know what, I'm going to move to another division, another promotion, because I have, I can't move. It's like it's like if you're at work and you have. No avenues for promotion, right? And you're just, you're in a rut. You can't move up anymore because for one reason or another. You kind of start looking for another job, right? Because you, we both picked Vieira to win this. You do not believe, or you do believe, should he jump O'Malley and Murab to be the number one position coming up? Or I think no? he should, but will he? Will the UFC let him? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, no disrespect to Sanhagen. If he pulls off this and gets yeah. an amazing knockout, well, that he has grounds to say, hey, I'm next in line for the champion, or at least against the Chevelli, right? And you probably uh, you probably believe, like I believe, that that contract says if Sterling loses, he gets an automatic rematch. Right. 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 It should. You've got to right? believe that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, this division's a mess. I mean, it's exciting, but it's kind of a mess for the fighters, you know? So where are you putting the bar on this one? We've we've they got to follow up some big cards. Yeah, there's not that many um big names. I mean, there's there's some great names on here like Alex Perez. He's he's on here against Manel Cop. It's a really good fight. Daniel Pineda is on here. Trevin Giles, C.J. Vaguera. 
Chidi Injikuni, he's on this card. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like him. Yeah, and uh, Austin Lingo. I mean, it's a decent card. It's a really good card. Not a lot of big star power names, of course. Um, the, probably the biggest star name on here is probably Holly Holm um, that everyone probably knows. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, so I'm going to give it right now probably about 7.5. I'm going to give it a 7. Yeah. I, I'm going to set that bar low because they're having to follow some some awesome, awesome cards. Yeah. And then after that, we have a week off with the UFC. And then we have another UFC pay-per-view. Mm, exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Well, not to confuse the situation we just talked about before, but Islam Makachev has called out Leon Edwards at the UFC 286. Islam Makachev might make a move to Walter Waite sooner than most anticipated following the Leon Edwards 286 victory. While Makachev's lightweight title reign is still in its infancy, he's long teased a move to Walter Waite, and he's he's arguably massive for the lightweight division and undergoes a tough weight cut at 155 anyway. So should Islam be thinking about another champ versus champ fight next, or should he defend his own title a couple times before entertaining that idea? I think I would rather see Islam versus uh, Leon Edwards um, instead of Kobe Cummington. Uh, I, I, w- I would like that better than that. Does that make sense? Yes, I, it makes sense, but I don't want to see that because I need these new champs to be defending their own belts. Yeah, I mean, because, look, if we put him against Edwards, I just think I think Islam probably wins that fight with his wrestling ability. Possibly, yes. You know, possibly. So I don't know. I I, I would rather him. I would rather get give the if he's not going to stay in his own division, then relinquish the belt. That's right. Go do something else then. Yes. Right. Looks like um, Alexa Grasso is targeting September rematch with Valentina Shevchenko, Shevchenko, hopefully in Mexico City. What do you think about that? I'm excited for that. I am too. I mean, it's going to be a big match. I think hopefully we can get all the Mexican champions on one card in Mexico City. That would be that would be awesome, wouldn't it? It would be. You know, it's it's funny because you know uh, Edwards kind of proved that his fight wasn't a fluke. Next month, we're going to find out if uh, Pierre's fight wasn't a fluke against right. Adesanya. Right. And then we're going to find out in the fall, did Grasso really beat Shashenko? So exactly. It'll be interesting how these all rematches play out. Gilbert Burns issues USD, USADA plea in Conor McGregor's situation. Makes a strong prediction for the Michael Chandler fight. Burns hopes to see McGregor tested by the USDA before he takes on Chandler. I hope he gets t- tested like everyone else, but we'll see. I just don't know. I just want to see that he is clean as anyone else in the sport to compete. McGregor's last fight ended when he suffered a broken leg during the first round of his third fight with Dustin Poirier. There's been some speculation that the Irishman's absence from the U.S. ADA testing pool is tied to the methods he used in recovering from his injury. So, my question to you is, mm-hmm. isn't it kind of weird that McGregor isn't back in this testing pool when he is possibly going to fight in like four months? It is weird. Um, I mean, how long do you have to be in a testing pool? I thought it was six. I thought so too. I thought there was a certain amount of time that you have to be tested before you can actually fight. So that means you probably won't even see that fight until the fall. Yeah, or late winter, probably. 
Yeah, it's something seems up, and I'm I'm a little disappointed in how this is going down because, you know, normally when you're in you're in the uh, ultimate fighting. Uh, you know, uh, coaching, right? coaching, right? That they usually have that fight literally like three weeks after the the season ends, and right. I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think so either. Well, we've mentioned this before. Uh, Bala Muhammad, his reward for his fight night nine fight unbeaten win streak, unbeaten streak won't be a title shot, but rather a matchup against one of the most ferocious and fastest rising welterweights in the UFC, Shabkat Rachmanov. I mean, we know that how how crazy this UFC is. This division is getting um, really messed up, right? It's a mess yes. up in here. Yes. Um, I mean, we've said it over and over today. Poor Bilal Muhammad, right? Now his reward for that that nine fight unbeaten streak. It is to fight the fastest train in this division, right? And. Here's the thing: is either one of these guys could get derailed and not be in line for a title shot. There, there is a no, there's no win situation in that fight, in my opinion. I don't think so either. I mean, I don't even think I would pick him right now to win this fight. I don't either. I don't either. And so, and so, thus goes his streak and title shots. Again, the line's already a year and a half long. Now he's gonna if he loses, he's gonna go up to two years. Yeah, definitely. yeah, it's scary. Do you have any other news and notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Now on to our Pick'em League. Well, a new season, season six. Uh, I believe that me and you are tied two seasons apiece. We obviously had a new champion uh, in season five, Dan Castillo. So congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be back for uh, season six. So this week I went two and one in MMA. Of course, we had no boxing, right. so I had two wins, and you went one and two oh. in MMA okay. with one win. So oh. I am in the lead with a big one point. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, for our players, we have Shane at one, Loretta at one, uh, Daniel, you were also at one. I was at two, Everett was at two, Lim was at two, and Dan was at two. All right, all right. Well, looks like... Uh uh, I got to make up some ground this week. Yes. Yeah. So and we have what four, five, five fights. Five I mean, fights on, this on week. Deck. Yeah. So um yeah so watch out here I come. Here we go. Yeah. Well all right well thank you to everyone that's participating this week and if you're brand new to the show go ahead and jump onto our Facebook page and get that link to go on to our Pick'em League. Um jump right in. That wraps things up for us this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us again on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see y'all next week.